Welcome to FIO on the Air, the voice of the festivals and events industry in Ontario. Please welcome our CEO and your host, Dave McNeil. Hello and welcome to FIO on the Air. We've got Kim Blackwell, who's the Managing Artistic Director of the Millbrook Fourth Line Theatre Group. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. So if you could just sort of set a scene for our listeners, whereabouts is Millbrook in Ontario? Millbrook is about 20 minutes south of Peterborough, so we're in central Ontario, and it's about an hour and a half from Toronto, 20 minutes north of Port Hope, just north of the 401. We're just off the 115 Highway, so we're in South Central Ontario. Is that what you would call it? I think that would be fair to say. And, okay. and it's, it sounds like a unique theatre setting. It, it, it's an outdoor theatre? That's right. So we, um, all of our shows generally happen on a um, 170-year-old family farm, just about five minutes south of Millbrook on uh, Zion Line. It's the uh, Winslow Farm. It's been in our uh, founder, Robert Winslow's family, since about 1854. And people um, sit in a very comfortable, in my opinion, bleachers or in lawn chairs that we provide. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a barnyard. So it's a barnyard theater, but with this amazing vista of rolling hills. And because our work is epic in scale, which means large casts and kind of fantastical elements that you could have someone arriving in a horse and buggy from almost a kilometer, half a kilometer away. And is it is it all natural setting? Like, are, are you using microphones and light, or is it all just natural as it happens? Right. So we don't use any lighting. Our shows generally start at 6 p.m. for our summer season and are done by about 8.20. Um, so we don't use any lights. So it's uh, it's pretty special that way. Very beautiful and most of the time in the sunshine. And uh, we don't generally use mics. Some shows require microphones. So if it's um, for some reason uh, an amplified rock kind of thing, we would use mics. But generally the actors, what we call project, make themselves heard. And it's a really kind of uh, vocally intimate space. Uh, there's room for 400 people in the space, but it, it's quite vocally intimate. It sounds quite interesting. And you're in your 27th season. We are, yeah. we Our first year was 1992. So the, right now we are... Uh, four days into rehearsal for our, the first show of our 27th season. So it's pretty amazing to think back in 1992 when we uh, started the theatre with one show, the Cavan Blazers, about the Pro- Protestant and Catholic conflict in our township, and uh, we had such incredible response to it that it's been really exciting to see the company grow and morph. And what we mostly do is these large-scale historical plays based on regional history, and uh, I love that there is such a strong appetite for our own local history. So the, th- the theatre and the plays that you concentrate on are, would you say, 100% Canadian and mostly regional in nature? 100% Canadian, uh, and we pretty much develop all our own plays based on, on the history of this area. It's amazing. Sometimes people will say to me, how is there so many amazing stories in a little town like Millbrook? And I always respond to people with that. Uh, who make that comment to me and I say you know I bet you if you talk to the elders or the people in any town you would find the most fascinating stories I just think sometimes life is so busy we don't stop to talk to people about their amazing lives and Canadians have and are living extraordinary lives and storytelling is truly the key to it I mean there's there's nothing like sitting around and (laughs) listening to someone tell a great story and it's really an art to capture it correctly and yeah, and I think uh, our playwrights, and especially uh, starting with Rob Winslow um, in, in his writing, it's, you know, sometimes uh, historical plays 
can be boring and they can be quite didactic, a lot of sort of talking heads and information getting out there. But there's something wonderful about the way Robert and our other playwrights have created the plays for us. Well, I use the three E's. They entertain, they educate, and they enthrall. So it's not boring, and history is not boring. As uh, someone who has spent my entire pretty much adult life working at the theater, history ain't boring. Yeah, and do you find uh, that your audience is taken back to to the time, whether it's 20, 30, 40 years ago? Uh, do, you, do you see that? Absolutely. Yeah, they, with the the setting and then with the costumes and the sets and the props they really are taken back i remember directing a play in 2006 and we we it's a hundred acre farm that we use farm property and we've had we've used other sites um on the property besides the barnyard which is where the majority of plays are but there's a little wooded glade area but a half a kilometer back in the woods and i remember walking back after a particular show that i had directed that was set in the 1950s and i remember two older women saying they didn't know who I was. They didn't know I had directed the show. And they were walking in front of me back to the, the, the field where people park. And they looked at each other and they said, oh, I'm going to go home and get all the old records out. And the other one said, you know what? I would love to fall in love like that again. You know, first love and that bloom of innocence. It was a play about uh, like Simcoe in the 1950s and young love and all that incredible music from the 50s. So I really do think we can transform and transport people. As a director, listening to something like that must just send uh, chills up and down your spine, I'm sure. Well, I still remember it 12 years later, like it happened yesterday. So yeah, it has a huge impact because I, I believe at the heart of what we're trying to do creating theater is we're trying to transform the world around us and comment on it, and also transform people's lives, uh, give them ways of thinking about things that they might never have thought about them before. So when you have a moment like that, a response like that, you're like, oh yeah, I'm, we're getting this right. And where do you find your audience comes from? Is it is it largely local? Um, do you have a, a, a re- returning customer base? How, how, how do you work that? We have a really, really loyal, large audience base. We, uh, we have capacity for about up to 17,000 people a summer, and lots of them are from sort of the 50-kilometer catchment range. If you put a, if you were to put a pin in the farm and then draw, you know, draw a circle around, so Peterborough, Millbrook, obviously, Lindsay, Bowmanville, Port Hope, Oshawa, Coburg. But then we draw a large audience from the GTA and from Kingston and uh, from the United States. And the nice thing about our audiences, they're, they're very proud of the theater. And so, so often when they have friends and family visiting, they say, I have to take you to fourth line. You're never going to have seen anything like it. And they're so proud of the theater and take ownership of it. And, and that feels very good. It feels very um, rewarding and fulfilling for us uh, in terms of the toil of the, uh, creating the work. And, and how many nights a week in a season would, would the theater be open and, and your plays running? In the summer season, we um, we typically do seven or eight weeks of performances, and uh, if we're running, we usually run one show in July and one show in August. That's the easiest way to think about our production schedule. And if we're running a, a show for four weeks, we would run it five nights a week. And if we're running a show for three weeks, then we would run it six nights a week. So somewhere between 18 and 21 performances per show, so somewhere you know around 42 performances in the summer. Kim Blackwell from the Fourth Line Theatre in Millbrook, Ontario is joining us. We'll be back in just a minute to talk more about this season coming up here on FEO on the air. Become a Festivals and Events Ontario member today and join a family of more than 500 members that represent over 1,400 festivals and events in Ontario. Knowledgeable, dedicated and passionate event organizers and volunteers who can help make your event a success. 
Membership fees range in price depending on the size of your festival or event. If you're a supplier of goods or services, you can also become a member and get connected with planners across the province. So many benefits, so little cost. Buy your membership today. Contact us now, Debbie at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. The voice of festivals and events in Ontario. FIO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. Welcome back to FIO on the Air. Kim Blackwell from the Fourth Line Theatre in Millbrook, Ontario joins us. Uh, Kim, can you walk us through a little bit of the Fourth Line experience, the farm experience, the setting, uh, what goes on prior to a show, during a show? Absolutely. Well, getting there is certainly by a by car experience uh, because you're going to go down a little country road. When we started the theater, we called it the Fourth Line Theater because it was on the Fourth Line, and then they promptly named uh, changed the name of the road to Zion Line. But you'll uh, you'll come down Zion Line uh, just south of Millbrook, and it's a beautiful kind of magical drive through the woods and and pastures. And you'll come out at the the farm, and there's a little white house, and you'll come up the driveway, and people park in the uh, the like the parking field. And we have a lovely box office there and lots of staff there to greet people and welcome them. We have a big white tent where people picnic. And there's a number of dining options at Fourth Line. First of all, lots of people bring their own food and kind of meet up beforehand. The site opens at 4 p.m. each night with the shows at 6. So they'll sit under the white tent and they'll have a picnic together. And we have a fully licensed bar there. We also do barbecues every night on site. Um, so people, if they uh, didn't get their act together or decide they want to uh, have a, a hamburger or a sausage or a hot dog, then they'll arrive on site and do that. And then we also have box lunches, which can be ordered about three days ahead of time from the local golf course, Baxter Creek. And those are on site waiting for you when you arrive and they're super yummy choices. And then on Fridays, we have something called Festival Fridays, which is a series of artist talks that I do under the white tent starting at 4 p.m. I do those talks with artists involved in the show, as well as experts on the themes related to uh, each of the performances. So people come and listen to the talks. And then we have local vendors and purveyors of food there selling food. So that's a really exciting thing, too. So we have lots of food options. People enjoy themselves, get their early catch-up, have their family reunions or the Red Hat ladies get together or groups. And then you go into the barnyard, probably around 5.30, and you get your seat. It's first come, first serve seating, um, but we have lots of every, everybody has a ch- seat, and every seat has a back to it, so that's uh, nice. And then you watch the you watch the show under the, the beautiful sky of a, a Southern Ontario, beautiful, sunny summer. You watch the play. There's barn swallows swooping all around. People are always amazed at the barn swallows and the chipmunks, and yeah, so that's sort of the fourth line experience. And then when you're leaving at about 8.30, you know, the, the, the sunset is just starting. It, obviously, in June, it's just starting. And then in August, it's pretty close to being sunset when you're leaving. And we have, I think, some of the best sunsets over the hills uh, here at the theater. So it sounds like a full festival experience going in with the food, the vendors, the talks. Um, uh, it, it, it sounds like a fun evening. It really is. And, you know, people come in in groups. It's really nice to experience it with a group of four, six, eight friends. Uh, and then and get the opportunity afterwards, maybe to head into Millbrook and go to one of the, the restaurants afterwards to have a dessert or a coffee and chat about the show and the experience. And there's no bugs to speak of because we finish by 8.30, so it's before dusk. So it's a pretty unbuggy place. And also those barn swallows, those pretty barn swallows are good at scooping up any uh, bugs that there might be lazing about. So I was going to ask about the, the economic uh, impact for Millbrook. Uh, so there is a... a a small community there, things to do after the show, places to go, and, and you must have a benefit on the community with what you're running there. 
Absolutely. I mean, I think people get to the area early. They like to park in Millbrook for a bit, have a bite to eat. I know a lot of the local business, uh, restaurants are really busy pre-show. Uh, and the shops, you know, there's a beautiful uh, ice place to get ice cream and chocolate. And there's all kinds of gorgeous shops in Millbrook of every ilk. And uh, and so people wander around and then they make their way to the farm. And then afterwards, yeah, they come back to Millbrook. There's a, a couple of really beautiful restaurants and, and pubs in Millbrook. So it is a really nice place to come and spend some time. And for the, the local uh, folks, I mean, Fourth Line Theatre attracts up to 17,000 people every summer to the area who wouldn't necessarily be around here. That's quite impressive. So let's talk about what's on the bill for this year. Well, I'm super thrilled with both shows. Uh, in July, uh, the first production, which uh, starts previews on July 3rd and opens on the 5th and runs till the 28th of July, is called Crow Hill, the Telephone Play. And it's written by Robert Winslow and Ian McLaughlin and directed by Deb Williams. And it's a, it's a play that we first presented in 1997, huge hit. Then we brought it back in 2004 again, really attracted a, an amazing audience, and we're bringing it back. And it's a nostalgia piece. It is a piece about another time and a way of life that is all but gone, and it focuses around uh, a country doctor and the young woman who ran the switchboard in his office for over 30 years. And I don't know if you or anybody listening will know this, but many of the phone companies in rural Canada were started by country doctors who um, started their phone companies as a service to their patients. So they'd put a pole with wires sort of on every concession line. So if there was an emergency and you needed to reach the doctor, you could just walk a kilometer as opposed to coming all the way into town, pick up the phone that was on the pole and you'd, you'd dial in and the switchboard was then in the doctor's office. So the play looks at this relationship between Dr. Logie and Alice over 30 years, and Alice is based on a real woman named Ona Gardner, and Ona is alive and well and living in Port Hope. And when we first interviewed her in um, about 1995-96 range, she would have been in her 70s. She now just celebrated her 96th birthday, I think. But she's uh, she's still kicking. I just saw her recently. And, um, yeah, so her story formed the basis of this really incredible play about country doctors technology and the effect it had on people's lives because the telephone I guess was as comparable to what the computer has done for us for people back then and so it really does muse about kinder gentler quieter life before the telephone and uh, it also looks at women uh, in the workforce they interviewed a number of women Robert and Ian who had worked as telephone technicians and worked on the lines. And this is, you're going back to the 1930s and 40s. So it's really interesting to think about women workers, women with independence and their own money for, for one of the first times. So it's a really wonderful play, and there's a real old switchboard in it and old phones and a Model A Ford car that actually drives. Wow. I'm wondering, did she get a chance to come out and see the play? And Yeah, so the first two years... Uh, Ona came every single night and the actress playing her character would start reading a poem at one point in the play that, that Ona had written to her subscribers when the Bell, when Bell uh, Telephone bought uh, Doc Logies. Her, Ona actually worked for Dr. Beattie in Garden Hill, but when the telephone uh, company was sold and Ona was uh, let go because automation was coming in, she wrote a poem to her subscribers. And so the actress playing Alice starts reading the poem. And then uh, in 97 and 2004, Ona would come on stage and continue reading it. She would pick up uh, where the actress left off. And so we have Ona recorded. 
her voice recorded reading the poem, which we'll probably play. And I think there'll be a few surprise nights where you might just see Ona at the farm. What was her reaction to seeing her life sort of played out in front of her? Well, I think she was absolutely thrilled. And Ona's an amazing raconteur. She has incredible stories. And because of the play being presented in 97 and being such a huge hit, she actually wrote a book about her experiences uh, working for the phone company and working for Dr. Logie and being the switchboard operator. And it's, it was a huge hit, the book. She's had to reprint it many times. So your, your, your actors in your, in your base, are, are they largely local or do you recruit from all over? We recruit from all over, but we have this really wonderful mix because our plays can have large casts. Crow Hill, for example, has over 20 actors in it. We've had as many as 83 actors on stage in a show. Epic. Yeah, I know. It's a bit like hurting gerbils more than directing sometimes. But um, we have a, a core group of professional actors. Some of them come from the Toronto area who are you know, professionally trained, working in the business actors. Then we have a lot of recent theater school grads working maybe their first professional gig out of theater school. And then we have local uh, community people, semi-professional actors who work with us. And then a large group of volunteer actors, both uh, young people and adults, community actors who love acting and want to be involved in these shows. And they're not just the, the thing about our community actors is they're not just extras or, you know, like set dressing the way they would be in a movie. They actually have lines and quite often they have characters that are in multiple scenes and they're on stage acting with some of the finest actors in Canada. It's a, it's a very unique experience for the, uh, the community actors. There's no other theatre company in the country doing anything like this. Sounds very interesting. And your second uh, show this season, Who Killed Snow White, sounds interesting as well. Yeah, so it's a little bit different. It's a world premiere, so it's something that we, um, we've we never done before, this play. And so it'll have its world premiere in August at the farm. Um, and it's written by Judith Thompson, and I'm directing that one. And it's a play about uh, youth culture, messaging harassment and bullying, and, and has elements around suicide and sexual assault. But it really at the heart of it is about young people today and what they're grappling with around the effects that technology is having on their lives. And so there's a real nice point counterpoint between Crow Hill and Who Killed Snow White. They're both talking about technology and the effect on people's lives uh, in a way that people couldn't have imagined. These, these things that were supposed to be really helpful, the telephone, the smartphone, and, but then, you know, looking at the darker side of that. And so young people are completely tuned in and on their devices 24-7 quite often. And so bullying and harassment has really taken on a whole new, a whole new place in their lives. There's no way to shut it out. So we wanted to, we wanted to explore that. And Judith Thompson is considered one of the most renowned playwrights in Canada and so we're just thrilled that she wanted to write for us and she wanted to write about this topic with us. We got together with local young people in the Peterborough area a few years ago to talk to them about how the Internet was affecting their lives and technology. And it was really amazing to sit with them and to hear the struggles and challenges they're facing. So it's about one girl and her mom and dad and that whole kind of bullying piece and technology and, and mental health. And I think it's a really exciting and important play. It's highly entertaining, which I know can sometimes seem strange, but sometimes from the messy and the darkest subjects, we get some of our most extraordinary art. And it has a horse in it and a large cast of 20 young people in a chorus. And, and I'm really hoping that multi-generational uh, audiences will come. So grandparents and parents and kids will come and see the show together and that it will um, spark discussion and conversation about youth culture then and now and where 
things overlap and there's commonality and where things are quite different. And I'm glad you sort of turned that around because what started out as a sort of a dark topic, it can still be an entertaining and, uh, you know, set the story around other aspects of, of that, that oh, story. Oh, there's lots of laughter in the play. And, and, and young people are amazing. They're amazingly resilient. And there's a resiliency and a hope in the play. And we want to explore in the play and we want people to think about what can we all do when, as a takeaway to go home to maybe change some of the things that young people are facing to support them in different ways, to, talk, to even just start talking to them about their lives. Because young people kind of sometimes live in this rarefied bubble where we don't know what they're doing. And, you know, we live in the same house with our teenagers, but do we really know what they're struggling with? Sometimes I, it was, I have a 12-year-old, and sometimes I'll look at her private chats on Instagram, and, and I, the other day I said to her, you have a boyfriend? Like, how did I miss that? And we spend a lot of time together. So I think it's a really exciting play. My daughter is in the play, and I, I do really think it's going to be really entertaining and, and very educational for people. I'm very excited about it. Kim Blackwell, the Managing Director, Artistic Director at the Fourth Line Theatre Group in Millbrook, Ontario, joins us. Uh, we'll be back in just a minute on FIO on the air. Festivals and Events Ontario has entered the world of podcasting with FIO on the air. Join us as we sit down and chat with the movers and shakers of the festivals and events community. The goal is to share insight, advice, planning techniques, and overall strategy with you, our FIO members. On the next podcast, would you like us to interview someone specific, cover a particular topic, answer a question? Let us know. FIO on the air wants to give you what you need to succeed. Contact us now, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca. Welcome back. FIO on the Air continues. Here again is our host, Dave McNeil. We're back with FIO on the Air. Kim Blackwell, the Managing Artistic Director from the Millbrook Fourth Line Theatre Group, is with us. Uh, It sounds like an absolutely bustling summer. Uh, What else does the Fourth Line get involved with throughout the year? Well, it's funny. Normally, we close up shop in September, and we all go fishing and take a month off because we don't get any summer holidays. But this year, uh, we are going to be doing two off-season productions. So we're going to do a Halloween show, and we did it first in 2016, called The Shadow Walk of Millbrook, based on local ghost stories. And it all takes place in the um, streets and back alleys and paths in around Millbrook. And that play did so well for us in 2016 that we had no choice but to bring it back. It actually sold out before we even went into rehearsals. And it's about an hour-long walk, about a kilometer, in the dark. So we actually, there's one that we use lights for. It all takes place in the dark, and it's based on local ghost stories and murder stories and and uh, Supernatural Stories, it's really good. And we're actually this year going to be doing on the weekends a 7 o'clock show that's for families, but also a 9 o'clock show that's we're going to amp up the scary in that one. So I think I'm really excited about that. And then um, in the first two weeks of December, we're going to be doing the world premiere of a play called The Other, A Strange Christmas Tale by Beverly Cooper. And it's a, it's a Christmas play that will start at the local Anglican church inside. And then we will take people out on a, a kind of an epic adventure walk through the town of Millbrook. And um, it's a story about when someone who doesn't look the same as us comes into a small town. And sort of just challenging some of those prejudices and some of the closeness of, of small communities. And, uh, and it's highly entertaining. It's, 
I'll give you a little sneak peek. I'm not telling anyone else. It's kind of based around a, a Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge. That's I'm, I'm saying no more. Always a great Christmas tale. So it sounds like the fourth line is just a bustling place. If uh, if anybody's looking for something to do, um, where where can they go to get more information? Sure, they can go on our website, which is Fourth Line Theater. So that's numerical four th line theater, and it's theater the Canadian way. Re so Fourth Line Theater and you can get tickets there, you can get more information, you can get our box office number, but you can also call us at our box office, which is 705-932-4445 or 1-800-814-0055. And uh, yeah, we would love to see people at the farm this summer. It really is a, a, a pretty magical, special, unique summer experience. Kim, uh, thank you very much for joining us and sharing the story of the Fourth Line Theatre Group in Millbrook, Ontario. Kim Blackwell, the Managing Artistic Director. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. If you've got an idea you'd like to share with us or talk about on FIO on the Air, please get in touch, Dave at festivalsandeventsontario.ca, and we'd be happy to share your story. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to FIO on the Air. Thanks for listening to FIO on the Air the voice of festivals and events in Ontario.